Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. We have an amazing show planned for you this morning. Now, I'm Darlene Cavist. I'm a long-time nutritionist, <laughs> around 40 years. So I've had a lot of experience helping clients with their nutritional needs and the, actually their health concerns. Mm-hmm. You know, and today I'm really very pleased to ha- be, ha- bring you really cutting-edge nutritional information about how the ketogenic diet has helped people who are experiencing Alzheimer's disease. Think about that. Ketogenic diet helping people with Alzheimer's. Yeah. Helping people with Parkinson's disease, people with diabetes, people with cancer, children and adults with autism or epilepsy. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know it, people who want to lose weight. We get a lot of questions about that. Uh, we? we certainly do. <laughs> Everyone's looking for that magical answer. Yeah. And today we're really honored to have Dr. Mary Newport, the author of the complete book of ketones. ketones. She's joining us from Florida by phone. And, you know, we, Leah, you and I have known Mary for a long time. Yeah. We've spent time with her at different conferences. And we, she, I feel like she's an old friend to her. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and she's really a wonderful person. She is. So that voice you just heard was Leah Wetzel. She's a licensed nutritionist. She's a certified nutrition specialist. She's on the board of nutrition. What what board is it? The Nutrition and Dietetics for the state of Minnesota. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All that. Busy. This busy. <laughs> well, it's great to be here today with you, Dar. Oh, thank you, Leah. Yes. You helped me get up the stairs. Right? <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a journey in this building. You know, I want to welcome Dr. Mary Newport, the author of The Complete Book of Ketones to Dishing Up Nutrition. Good morning, Dr. Mary. Uh, good morning, Dar and Leah. Great to hear your voice. <laughs> yes. You got a strong voice going this yes. morning. <laughs> we are so delighted to have you on this show, and we have many questions for you throughout the hour. You know, Dr. Mary, it's one thing to research and write a book. I don't know how you do it. I can't imagine. You know, it, and you wrote, well, this is actually your third book on, right. on Alzheimer's. But you have actually lived the story of Alzheimer's when your, your husband, Steve, developed early onset Alzheimer's. And what we really want you to do this morning, because you do it the best, is share your story about your, your helping Steve function as well as he could for as many years as possible. And then also share a little bit about your personal medical training, because I think that would shock people. How you got from mm-hmm. Alzheimer's, from babies to Alzheimer's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I'm a uh, neonatologist. That's a physician that takes care of sick and premature newborns. Wow. And I practiced in newborn intensive care units in Florida for 30 years, and I had the opportunity to actually start uh, two newborn intensive care units in communities that needed them, uh, which was very gratifying. And um, my husband, Steve, was an accountant, and that worked out, like, perfectly for our family because... He volunteered to work from home, and he was able to work for my practice from home and take care of our children. And uh, so we decided, yes, we are going to have children when that <laughs> happened because, you know, as a neonatologist, you get called out day and night, you uh-huh. know, um, yes. 
to the hospital on a moment's notice, and um, he was there, you know, with our children, and, you know, that was just amazing. So I owe so much to Steve, you know, because of that. He made it possible for me to be a mother and a doctor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's great. And then you took that, and then Steve started getting sick, right? Right. And he was, how old was he? Yeah, he was only 51 when he started having obvious symptoms, and he um, told me that he felt like it was like several years at least or before that when he started to notice that he wasn't uh, functioning as well um, with his memory and with his accounting work. He he used to say, if I worked for anybody else, I would have been fired. (laughs) (laughs) But But as long as he had a good pot roast in the oven, it was okay. (laughs) He was a good cook, let me tell you. <laughs> he was. And he was an active guy. I mean, he he would kayak a mile and a half off uh, the Florida coast to these little islands and um, constantly out working in the yard and, uh, you know, on a computer day and night. And he read novel after novel. I mean, just a very creative, um, intelligent, and physically active person. So, you know, not somebody you would expect to get Alzheimer's disease if you look at, you know, what right. they tell us. Um, so he was only 51 and he started making like big payroll mistakes and Mm -hmm. like procrastinating, not getting taxes done and Mm -hmm. just quarterly simple taxes that he should have been able to do in 20 minutes. It would take him days to get it done. And then he started forgetting if he'd been to the bank and the post office and misplacing important mail. And I thought, you know, that's not normal. I'm, I was only two years younger than him and it was, um, I just felt it wasn't normal, and so we got him to a neurologist, and he was diagnosed officially with Alzheimer's at age 54, and as you can imagine, that is a devastating diagnosis. You know, you think you're going to spend your golden years together, and I really liked him. (laughs) I loved him, and I liked him, you know. I love you, and I like you, (laughs) which a lot of married couples can't say. No, that's true. um, But, you know, it just... You know, um, when you have a diagnosis of Alzheimer's, they say your average uh, lifespan from diagnosis is about seven years. And so I thought, geez, we're not even going to, you know, make it much into our 60s. And so anyway, that's kind of where we uh, started out and, you know, was in the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, and we we met you at the American College of Nutrition Conference. Mm-hmm. I think it was like four years ago, and I was right. so impressed with you, really your story and how you took these health problem into your own hands and you know applied mm-hmm. not only your medical knowledge to help him with you know help him reverse his Alzheimer's symptoms, but you also looked dietary wise too. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about the background of how you discovered looking into the ketogenic mm-hmm. diet for him and his yeah. Alzheimer's? Well, I hadn't even really considered nutrition might be have something to do with it until around 2006. So he was okay. 56 at this point. And then I came across a study that said, um, that people with Alzheimer's who were eating the most Mediterranean-type diet lived four years longer on mm-hmm. average than the people who ate the least Mediterranean diet. And I thought, what, nutrition has something to do with this? You know? <laughs> Isn't that an interesting... <laughs> you know, and- right. So we completely revamped our diet at that point. We were on what I used to call the convenience food diet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, And then uh, became interested in learning more about omega-3 fatty acids, which are very important to the brain. And 
um, started giving him that, you know, but he still progressed. He still got worse. Um, maybe it slowed it down. We don't know. But then um, in 2008, there were a couple of um, clinical trials that came along. They were very few and far between in our area, and there just happened to be two that came along at the same time. And, you know, at that point, um, the drug companies were all looking for a drug to break up the plaques in the brain and get rid of these plaques that are found in Alzheimer's disease in the brain. And, and so these two drugs, one was a vaccine, one was an oral medication that were supposed to do this. And um, so I had them set up for, to, to test, try out, you know, to get into these clinical trials two days in a row. And the night before the first clinical, um, you know, the uh, screening, um, I got on the Internet to look at the risks and benefits of these two drugs, you know, just in case he got accepted in yes. both, you know, so we could choose. And I came upon a press release for a medical food um, that ultimately became uh, Axona. Mm-hmm. It came out about a year after this. Um, but it, they said that in their trials that they saw improved memory and cognition in almost half the people with Alzheimer's that took it. And that you never hear that about Alzheimer's drugs. They maybe slow it down for six months, but they never improve anyone. And um, so I became curious about what it was, and I was able to find their patent application. And that's where I learned that Alzheimer's is a type of diabetes of the brain. I had never heard that before. And there's a group at Brown University who had done uh, looked at the brains of people that had died with advanced Alzheimer's and they found that there was insulin resistance and um, insulin deficiency in the brains in certain areas of the brain. And then they also learned that they looked at people at different stages, that this starts in a specific area of the brain and it spreads throughout the brain, you know, um, until it's very severe and, and basically includes most of the brain during the last stages of Alzheimer's. And so um, the problem is with insulin deficiency and insulin resistance is that glucose doesn't get into cells. Right. It's like the brain cells are starving. You know, they need fuel and they're not getting fuel and they're not functioning then. You know, they just can't carry out their functions. So, Dr. Mary, let's, would you go over that one more time? Because mm-hmm. I don't think people understand that mm-hmm. the brain needs something for fuel. Right. And usually it is sugar or glucose. So just, right. just repeat that because, you know, we know it yeah. and you know it, but most yeah. of our listeners don't know it. Right, right. So um, I'll add a little bit to that. Yeah, okay. Our brain is only about 2% of our body weight, but it uses about 20 to 25% of the calories that we eat. Wow. It's an extremely active organ. I mean, it controls our whole body, really. And um, so, in, you know, normally in our cells, almost all of our cells, we need insulin to get glucose in. And we are, basically, we need to make a molecule called ATP. Uh, It's an energy molecule to carry out the functions of our cells. And to make ATP, a fuel is required. So in a typical, you know, American-type diet, glucose is the predominant fuel for the brain. It's, It's the main fuel for the brain. And in Alzheimer's, there's a problem of getting glucose into those brain cells. Right. So uh, it, you know, it's blocked, you know, for several different reasons, but um, glucose isn't getting in. And so those cells don't have the fuel they need to make ATP, and ATP carries out functions. For example, 
if you flex your muscle, all of those muscle cells need ATP to flex your biceps. And they also need, need ATP to relax it again. So we're constantly, every single, not virtually every cell in our body is making ATP constantly. But you can't make ATP without a fuel. And, and you know, this case, uh, glucose is the predominant fuel on so, the typical diet that we eat. Dr. Mary, I, you know, I, do we have, Leah, do we have to take we a break? We have to take a break, but we'll get <laughs> but into you know this what? more after. Yeah. You explain that so mm-hmm. nicely. That's so mm-hmm. easy for people to understand mm-hmm. some of this chemistry. So uh, we're going to take, yeah. hold on, don't leave, because we need <laughs> <Okay>. you. <laughs> we'll talk more about the ketone effect when we come back. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and we are discussing the ketogenic diet with Dr. Mary Newport, the author of The Complete Book of Ketones. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, po- most people realize that a ketogenic diet is a low-carb, high-fat plan. Dr. Mary Newport, the author of The Complete Book of Ketones, warns people, if you're not accustomed to eating much fat in your diet, adding too much fat too fast may result in some intestinal distress. So what would that be? Diarrhea, bloating, gas, possible nausea. So, you know, I think Dr. Mary just explains things so well. She does. She does. <laughs> and so we were talking before break about, you know, with uh, Alzheimer's disease, uh, the the sugar doesn't get into the cells in our brains like it used to. They you have classified it really as type 3 diabetes of the brain. Um, and we, you were explaining how we naturally should be using sugar for energy. But if we can't get the sugar into the cell, Dr. Mary Newport. So what did you find as that alternative fuel for the brain? Right. So, um, you know, I was reading a patent application for a medical food, and it turned out the medical food was MCT oil, which is medium-chain triglyceride oil. And I knew what that was because I'm a neonatologist. Um, Uh We used to add it to the feedings of our tiniest preemies to help them uh, gain weight and get home faster, and they started adding it to infant formula. So I knew what it was. And one of the things about MCT oil is that um, it's part of it's converted to ketones in the liver, and ketones are an alternative fuel for the brain. <laughs> so um, this made perfect sense to me um, that, you know, the idea was that ketones could bypass this block. Uh, they don't require insulin to get into cells, and they basically feed into the very same biochemical pathway that glucose does to make that very important energy molecule, ATP. So um, uh, it, it kind of is an interesting little uh, trick, yeah. you know, to take MCT oil to make ketones, and then ketones are just eagerly taken up by the brain and, um, you know, get into brain cells. The brain can switch, like, instantly from using glucose to ketones. And so uh, this made sense to me to do this. And um, so one of the things I learned was that... Um, MCT oil is extracted usually from coconut oil or palm kernel oil. Um, and so I thought, huh, you know, I didn't know that I could get MCT oil over the counter at that point, but I did know that I could get coconut oil. And um, I was learning about this um, around 1 a.m. the night before he supposed to screen a clinical trial and there wasn't anything I could do about it. So we went for the screening, and he did very poorly 
Um, he needed to score 16 out of 30 points on a memory test, and he only scored 14 points and didn't qualify, and we were very disappointed, and um, the doctor had him draw a clock, and he drew a few little small circles and a few numbers. It wasn't organized at all like a clock, and she said he's on the verge of severe Alzheimer's, and so I thought, what do we have to lose? We're going to get some coconut oil, and then when we got home, I, I got back and refreshed my uh, biochemistry 101 from medical <laughs> school to learn what are the medium-chain triglycerides, and then I was able to find uh, the fatty acid composition of coconut oil on a USDA website and learned that it was 60, that's six zero percent medium-chain triglycerides. So I figured out how much I would need to give him to equal what was in the medical food, and the next day he was scheduled um, again, to have a tryout for a different clinical trial. And it was in a different city, a different facility, and this time he, I gave him uh, a little over two tablespoons that I came up with of coconut oil. Luckily, he did not have that diarrhea you were talking yeah. about. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> but good. He, um, we went for the screening, and this time he gained four points from the day before. Wow. And he, I mean, he remembered the day of the week, even though it was a different day, uh, the season, what city we were in, what floor he was on in the institution, which he couldn't remember the day before in a different location. And he, he qualified for the study, uh, which was just remarkable. We were ecstatic. Yeah. <laughs> we went from devastated the day before to ecstatic. And I thought, well, was it really the coconut oil or did we just get lucky? But at any rate, we're going to keep it going. And uh, we just really saw remarkable improvement from day to day to day. And you know, um, I didn't stop with just two tablespoons of coconut oil. Um, the medical food was going to just be, and it is, a once-a-day dose. And mm-hmm. what I learned, too, is that ketone levels, they increase from MCT oil. They peak at about 90 minutes, but they're gone after three hours. And I thought, well, what does your brain do the other 21 hours? <laughs> so um, I started learning everything I could about coconut oil and started cooking with it throughout the rest of the day. And, um, and then added MCT oil um, probably about six weeks later when I found out that I could get my hands on it and started mixing both of them together. Um, uh, coconut oil just has so many remarkable uh, properties. Um, the lauric acid in it is antimicrobial. It kills um, all kinds of bacteria, viruses, and other things. And there is research, um, tons of research on Alzheimer's that that certain microorganisms might be involved in um, contributing to the disease and maybe even causing it. So I thought, you know, there's value to, you know, continuing coconut oil for that reason. And, and it also turns out now a group in Japan has found that the lauric acid, which is half of coconut oil, stimulates ketone production directly in astrocytes, which are brain cells that nourish other brain cells. And um, they've shown this in the lab, you know, so there's a way to stimulate ketones possibly directly in the brain. They're still working on this to, you know, confirm that it happens in living creatures, but very interesting idea, and it could explain a lot about, you know, why Stephen poops so much when he was just taking coconut oil. So, Dr. Mary, I know people that listening are mm-hmm. going to be saying, so how much coconut oil did you give Steve, and how much MCT mm-hmm. oil did you give Steve? And Yeah, so, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think they're thinking, mm-hmm. do I have to be a, a medical doctor to figure this out, or, you know? Um, uh, no, yeah, I, I tell people to start slow, to start with about a half a teaspoon of coconut or MCT oil um, or a mixture, you know, two or three times a day with food. If you take it with food, you're less likely to have a problem. 
and um, just to increase it slowly. And, um, you know, um, there's some good evidence out there that it might even be able to help prevent or slow down, delay the onset of Alzheimer's and other types of memory impairment. Um, you know, I wish we had time to talk about that. Some really interesting work in Canada with ketone and glucose PET scans is showing this. Um, but uh, so I tell people to try to get up to somewhere between three and five tablespoons a day of um, coconut and or MCT oil. Okay. Um, and, you know, if they have Alzheimer's, they can push it further than that if they tolerate it. The, the big thing is how much can you tolerate? And if you increase it very slowly, it's amazing how much you can. And, um, I mean, for Steve, it took months, you know, to get him up to this amount, but we got him up to about nine to ten tablespoons a day, <laughs> okay. combination of coconut and MCT oil. And um, he did really well with that. And one of the other interesting things, you know, even though we were on a Mediterranean diet, it wasn't a deliberate low-carb diet, but we found that he um, wasn't eating nearly as much fruit and he was kind of leaving the pasta and the bread and rice um, on the side. So, you know, we, I kind of stopped uh, putting that on his plate and he was effectively on a ketogenic diet by virtue of how much fat he was getting, you know, plus taking coconut and MCT oil, which are ketogenic, as we say, yeah. so, ketone levels. Dr. Mary? Hold that because when we come back, I think we want mm-hmm. to talk about that. What is a ketogenic diet, yep. and what does mm-hmm. that really mean? And um, but we, you know, we've got to take another break. Yeah, that was great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Whether you're just curious about the keto craze or ready to jump in and do a keto diet, the complete book of ketones is a comprehensive guide to all things ketones. I highly recommend that you check out Dr. Mary Newport's book. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, starting the week of February 25th, we are offering Nutrition for Weight Loss series at all seven of our locations. And I do know that one location is already full. Oh, that's great. um, Here's some things that's kind of interesting. Do you realize that a single daily serving of a sweetened drink, such as like a soda or a glass of fruit juice, can result in accelerated shrinking and aging of the brain. Brain shrinking affects your memory. If you drink three sodas a day, you can accelerate the aging of your brain by 13 years. Wow. Many clients make that commitment to give up soda when they take the Nutrition for Weight Loss series. I mean, that's a big change in their life and a big change for their brain. You know, maybe a shrinking brain or pain and inflammation in a knee, or perhaps feeling bloated and miserable that you want a relief from. And that comes from taking and changing your diet, taking nutrition for weight loss. Right. So come join us to learn and practice a real food solution. And don't miss this opportunity to even look better, feel better by spring. You know, these... uh Graduation parties and the weddings. I know it. And two, for all of our on uh, our distant li- listeners, we have the online option yes. as well, right? So yes. everybody can participate in the Nutrition for Weight Loss, wherever you are. And it's fun. It is fun. So. It's a great class. So, Dr. Mary Newport, before our break, we were talking about how you started to implement in the MCT oil, which is that medium-chain triglyceride oil, and the coconut oil, uh, and you noticed, uh, you know, a, a significant improvement uh, with Steve. 
Uh, And and you talked about in the book, which I thought was really interesting as far as how you used it therapeutically by blending the two together. And I think, Mm -hmm. was it the ratio of four to one you were doing? um, Four to three. Four Four to to three. three. Yeah. Four to three. So you would -hmm. would do four MCT and three Mm -hmm. coconut oil? Yeah, like the easiest way to think of it is like four ounces of MCT to three ounces of coconut oil. That right. would be the easiest way to make it. <laughs> right, and I like that you said it stayed like a liquid. That's the hard thing with right. sometimes with coconut oil. It can be solid and hard to use sometimes, but mm-hmm. you found that that was really helpful. Yeah, um, great. it's liquid at room temperature. It, you can put it in almost any kind of food, hot or cold, uh, salad dressing, put it in yogurt, you know, put it in coffee or tea. I mean, just so many different things you can do with it. Yep. So it was very versatile, and it it really continued to help Steve. You know, we saw him improving, you know, for close to a year before he stabilized. It was amazing, you know, dramatic, really, what happened over that year. So, Dr. Mary, talk just a little bit Mm -hmm. about Steve's improvement, because I don't think we've really touched on that, you know. and, And really, that improvement lasted for many years, didn't it? Right, it did. Yeah, I, I believe it gave him an extra three and a half to four years that were better than the year before we started, you know, doing this. That's remarkable. Um, so it, it did add um, years of uh, better quality life, I would say, you know, for Steve and, and our family. Yeah, for, for sure. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, you also talked about using a ketogenic type diet. Talk a little bit more about what does mm-hmm. that really mean? Because, you know, yeah. that's... You know, that's thrown out for a lot of reasons right now. Right, right. A lot of people are, you know, they, they say, I'm going keto, and um, <laughs> basically they're, they're doing a low-carb diet. But the other really important uh, factor is that it's a high-fat diet. It's mm-hmm. higher in fat than what we've been told to do for many, many years. We've been told we should eat a low-fat diet. And, um, you know, typically to get into ketosis or ketogenic diet, you need to get your carbohydrates down somewhere to 50 grams a day or less. Uh, for people that are type 2 diabetic, you might need to get down to 20 or 25 grams a day or less, um, but also need to push the amount of fat up, you know, that mm-hmm. we're eating. So somewhere around 50% of our calories is fat and then uh, going up from there. So back, um, the ketogenic diet was named almost 100 years ago, in uh, 1921, um, they, fasting was used for, uh, to help treat epilepsy, you know, people that had constant seizures and weren't responding to medication. Well, and, and, uh, there, were, there were no medications, um, you know, uh, back in the Bible and Hippocrates' time, but they actually used fasting uh-huh. for, um, to help uh, stop seizures. And in 1921, it was discovered that if you ate a very high-fat diet, and I'm talking about about 90% fat and extremely low carbohydrate, so probably 5% or less of the calories is carbohydrate, that it would stop seizures successfully in um, many people, mainly children, who had, um, you know, epilepsy. And some of these children would have 100 seizures a day. Yeah. And within three or four days of starting this diet, they would um, stop having seizures. And as long as they stayed on the diet, you know, it would control seizures. And it's about a quarter of people will completely eliminate their seizures if they go on uh, this type of diet. And another 50% will have a big reduction, like somewhere between 50 and 90% of their seizures, uh, fewer seizures, 
um, if they stay on a very strict ketogenic diet. So uh, for many years, the ketogenic diet, which is now called the classic ketogenic diet, was 90% fat and about 5% carbohydrate and just enough protein to allow uh, a child to grow or for an adult to maintain their lean body mass. Um, but then uh, more recently, modifications have come, you know, um, around, along, you know, a low glycemic index diet. There's a modified Atkins diet. And Atkins uh, is probably the most um, well-known modern-day version of a ketogenic diet, and, but it's not as strict as, as the, the one that was used for epilepsy. Um, and, you know, uh, basically there's kind of a wide spectrum. You know, it's really a spectrum of how deeply uh, into ketosis you want to get <laughs> with a mm-hmm. ketogenic diet. So, for example, you know, you could reduce your carbohydrate, you know, baby to uh, 50 or 60 grams a day and add coconut and MCT oil, which can help support, you know, because they're naturally ketogenic, they have these medium-chain triglycerides, they will naturally increase your um, ketone level and um, it, you know, basically will help sustain a low level of what we call nutritional ketosis. Um, the very strictest form of a ketogenic diet, your ketone levels could get 10 times higher than what you could get by doing this, you know, lighter form or milder form of the diet that I was just talking about. So, you know, you can fall somewhere in between by further reducing your carbohydrate and increasing the percentage of fat in the diet. So, you know, different people are using this for different reasons. And this type of a diet, and so, you know, I, uh, in my book, I talk about that, and, you know, where you want to fall on the spectrum depends on what your goals are, and um, that will really help determine, you know, what your diet's going to look like. You know, Dr. Mary, we seem like we are working more and more with people that have chronic health conditions um, right. all the time, and mm-hmm. it's that's... I mean, that's why we are really interested in exploring it even deeper. You know, I remember 40, 50 years ago about the, the ketogenic diet, use it for epilepsy. And I was fascinated at that time about it. Right. Uh, but, you know, I think talk a little bit because there's so many people now that have Parkinson's disease. Right. Talk a little bit because you, you've had experience with that, too. You know. Right. So talk a, just a little bit more about other how, that, how that helps with Parkinson's or mm-hmm. any other chronic health condition, brain health condition mm-hmm. that, you know, okay, I'll be quiet. Yeah. You talk. <laughs> so, <laughs> so many of these conditions like par- Parkinson's, it's a, a different area of the brain than Alzheimer's that's affected, but um, there's decreased glucose uptake in the part of the brain in Parkinson's where neurons produce a very important neurotransmitter called dopamine. So, um, you know, people with Parkinson's are not making enough dopamine, and then they develop these tremors and stiffness. Um, sometimes they, you know, when they get more advanced, they have trouble swallowing and even talking. They talk in a whisper, and um, they'll freeze. You know, their body will, will freeze because they become very stiff. And so it's really it's another just terrible disease, and about 30% of them will go on to develop dementia of the Alzheimer's type of dementia, um, too. Um, so, you know, again, it's a problem of glucose getting into these cells and ketones being able to bypass. Um, that's actually been shown in 
uh, this group in Canada that's doing the ketone and glucose PET scanning is that in the Alzheimer's brain, ketones are taken up normally in those same areas that can't use glucose. They've actually been able to show this now. Um, very interesting. So it, it makes sense for Parkinson's and then other diseases like multiple sclerosis, um, ALS, um, which is Lou Gehrig's disease, mm-hmm. um, children with autism, people with bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, PTSD. There are areas of the brain that don't take up glucose normally. <laughs> it's fascinating. Oh. So, you know, ketones could potentially, you know, um, help, you know, with symptoms and help, help, you know, get fuel to these cells so that they can function normally. It's, um, and and then, um, then, then there's the whole area of diabetes, <laughs> Diabetes type 2, a massive number of people in this country have diabetes and prediabetes. So if you're, if you're 75, there's about a 3 out of 4 chance that you'll either have diabetes or prediabetes. So, you know, basically it's the brain and other organs in the body that aren't getting enough glucose into the cells. And, you know, people develop very serious complications from diabetes. Um, I do home visits now with people with chronic conditions, and almost all of them have diabetes as mm-hmm. probably the underlying reason why they have kidney problems and, and heart problems yes. and, right. um, you know, and developing dementia and that type of thing. So um, there's a, a really interesting group, um, well, Dr. Eric Westman, He's mm-hmm. one of the co-authors of A New Atkins for a New You. He has a very simple ketogenic type of diet that he uses with type 2 diabetics. And um, he's had 4,000 patients now over about 12 or 13 years. Um, and they go into remission with their diabetes very quickly. I mean, in a matter of two or three days, they're already having to decrease their insulin and um, uh, oral medications. And many of them are completely able to get off of these within a matter of weeks wow. by um, adhering to um, a ketogenic diet. And um, he starts them with a diet that's about 20 to 25 grams of carbohydrate a day and uh, quite a bit higher fat, healthy fat. You know, fat somewhat limited because people can, you know, eat. it's still possible to eat too much fat and eat too many calories mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of sugar. But... Um, <laughs> He's had great success with this over the last 12 to 13 years. And, and if you think about, you know, um, you know, basically one of the things ketones do when you're in ketosis, it drops your blood sugar, it lowers your blood sugar, yes. and it lowers your insulin level. And over about, like somebody who has really severe type 2 diabetes, over about 18 months, they can actually get their hemoglobin A1C. It's like a test that you do for it's, it's, it's basically testing your average blood sugar over a few months. They can get that down over 18 months and get their insulin levels down into the normal range, you know, by doing this type of diet. Uh, it's really quite remarkable and um, in a way, though, not surprising. Uh, you know, people tend to eat too much sugar these days, and, and that probably is behind this, this uh, epidemic we're seeing of diabetes. Right. So, Dr. Mary, I know we, we have to take another break, but one of the things that mm-hmm. I know listeners are out there saying, 90% fat in your diet? Oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a heart yeah. attack. So, <laughs> well, when we come back, form. I want you to... It doesn't have to be that high for most people. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, yeah. you know, when we come back, I, would, I wanted you to kind of address that, that mm-hmm. the saturated fat in coconut oil does not in, lead to heart disease. And I know right. you addressed it even in your book. Right. So, yeah. 
Great. You are listening okay. to Dishing Up Nutrition. If your child struggles with ADHD, I highly encourage you to take the Food Connection to ADHD seminar. The rates of ADHD have climbed steadily since ch- children and adults have been eating the high sugar and processed food diet. Come to this seminar and learn how to follow the Real Food Brain Balancing Plan. The Real Food Connection to ADHD seminar is Saturday, March 16th. You know, call our office at 651-699-3438 now and make the commitment to learn the food solution to improve your brain health. You know, next week, please tune in to hear all about Hormone Balance After 40 with hosts Cara and Marcy. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, we appreciate you listening to our show every week. You know, we sponsor and create each Dishing Up Nutrition because we really are concerned about the health of people here and around the world. You know, in the U.S., cancer rates are up, and the ketogenic diet has been used with that. And yeah. maybe that's one thing we could talk about when Mary comes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, certainly heart disease rates are up, diabetes, ADHD, autism, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, all these health things are up. Yes. And you know, why is this happening? You know, could it be because of what people are eating? You know, I encourage you to learn more, not just to lose weight, but for your overall health. If the number on the scale is the reason you decide to eat better, that's great. Yeah. You know, start with nutrition for weight loss. Then take some individual classes and the weight and wellness series. You know, kind of become part of our weight and wellness community and experience better health. Right. We don't change overnight. That's right. It takes time. It does take time. You know, before we run out of time, Dr. Mary, I want Mm -hmm. to, you know, really thank you for coming on today. And your book is amazing. So I want everyone to make sure to go and check out Dr. Mary Newport's new book, The Complete Book of Ketones. And if people want to connect more with you, what are Mm -hmm. what are great ways for people? How can people find you? Yeah, I have a website, and there's an email to contact me on the website, but the, um, I have a lot of information, written information that people can print out for free, videos to watch um, about all of these different, uh, th- this whole thing, yeah. um, and it's um, www.coconut, C-O-C-O-N-U-T, ketones, K-E-T-O-N-E-S, Com. There's no Y in ketones. <laughs> Coconutketones.com. And um, just a, a lot of information. And, um, you know, it, uh, there's information about my books, too, um, but all about, you know, for example, um, combining ketone supplements with a low-carb diet and um, using coconut and MCT oil, some diet guidelines and foods that you can use it in and, and that type of thing. Great. That's great. You know, um, one of the things that I know a listener has asked us is, because it's advertised all over, is ketone salts. I think that's right. Yep. Okay. So, Mary, yeah. would you address that? Uh, there's so many things we want to ask you, frankly. <laughs> right? Yeah. I guess we're just so, going to have to um, have you yeah, on again. Yeah. Salt just came on the market about uh, in 2016, and this is the first supplement that actually has the ketone that we make in our bodies um, that you can take as a drink, you know. Um, so um, it's my, – my husband got to – he got to be a clinical trial of one person with a ketone ester, mm-hmm. uh, which is another supplement too. But the ketone salts 
um, have really um, gotten into wide use, and I think they have something to do with why people are going keto with their diet as well. You know, this has all kind of been exploding around uh, in the last few years, this whole idea. And, um, you know, the ketone salts are... The ketone beta-hydroxybutyrate attached to sodium, potassium, calcium, and magnesium salts. And these are minerals that we naturally have in our bodies and that we need uh, to have in our bodies. And, um, you know, basically you can take it as a drink and it will instantly increase your ketone levels. Now, normally you would have to be on a ketogenic diet or fasting or starving for several days to get your ketone levels up to what you can get by taking one packet of ketone salts. Okay. Um, so it's very interesting. And, um, you know, really um, the people that have been studying ketones all these years, you know, their goal has been to get something to market that will make it easy for people to get into ketosis and, you know, uh, enjoy the benefits of doing that. Um, so, um, you know, there's uh, on my website, there's a lot of information about ketone salts, how to use them. Yep. Um, right. And, uh, you know, I, you know, say to use with caution, you know, and get the doctor involved for people that have any medical condition or somebody who's elderly or, you know, somebody who's very young. Um, that, you know, uh, a couple of things to know about them is that, uh, like with the ketogenic diet, uh, but rather quickly, the blood sugar will go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my blood sugar will drop 15 or 20 points with one packet of ketone salt. Really? And, and that effect will last for four or five, six hours before it comes back up to where it was before I took it. And um, it will drop your insulin level. So somebody who's, say, a diabetic and they're on insulin or medication, they need to monitor their blood sugar very closely while they're doing this, you know, so that they know what effect it's going to have and that they don't, you know, give themselves too much insulin, for example. You know, if they don't check it, they might give themselves too much insulin and their blood sugar could get too low exactly. and cause a problem. So, um, and then with the salts, um, people who are on diuretics are also are already losing like sodium, potassium from their body. Many people taking diuretics are also taking a potassium supplement. So, um, you know, people need to be aware of that so that their doctor can monitor their electrolyte levels and make sure that they're not getting out of whack. And, um, you know, somebody that has high blood pressure that's very sensitive to sodium uh, needs to know that the ketone salts are high in sodium and maybe choose a product that's lower in sodium and factor it into how much, um, you know, salt and sodium that they're eating in a day, in a day's time, you know, so different things like that people need okay. to be aware of so it's if they're going to use the supplement like that. It's more precise than what a lot of what we see advertised a lot of times. It's right. People yeah, have to be much more careful. There's not much about precautions yeah. <laughs> on the packaging that I've, you know, seen. But um, as an MD and just somebody who <laughs> has a lot of experience with these ketogenic strategies, you know, I like to caution people, you know, so that they, you know, knowledge is power, as you, you know, as we say. Yep. So, Dr. Mary, you know, you know, we could talk about how the saturated fat or we we mm-hmm. have, I don't know how many minutes left. Not, not much. Yeah. We got to. Okay. What do you want to end with? I guess okay. that would be the um, question. I'll quickly, uh, it, you know, saturated fat and the uh, possible use for cancer, I think, are important to talk about. So, yeah. you know, coconut oil is high in saturated fat, but 70% of the fats in coconut oil are these medium-chain triglycerides that are either converted to ketones or used immediately as fuel. And these MCTs aren't in other oils and fats, you know. So 
it's not, uh, you know, coconut oil is much more of these medium chain fats than the longer chain saturated fats that, you know, some uh, uh, American Heart Association, you know, worries about. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's just not the problem that they're making it out to. It's much more complicated than that. But um, (laughs) And they've actually done studies to show that. And that's in your book. Right. It's in my book. And um, as far as cancer goes, um, there's a a lot of research and a lot of anecdotal, um, you know, reports, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. popping up. But uh, now some big, you know, human trials going on around the world of using the ketogenic diet for cancer. And basically cancer cells love sugar. They, um, the mitochondria that make ATP are defective and, you know, a, a, 